the multi-michiganders come fuck continuing the most epic outlaws and gunslingers to date well series that we've done for sure to and date probably the best episode that we're gonna do to date to, to date. date well yeah as of right now most likely yeah, yeah that's what to date means yeah. um all about if you've been tuning in the last couple weeks you know we're on a four-part series all about Wyatt Earp from his beginnings all the way to, to the you ends. know the end. To this beginning um, to its ends. Part one was all about his early years. A lot of people don't know the end of Wider. Exactly. So, so I really didn't. So they don't know. Because I was looking up a lot of stuff uh, just to get ready for the next episode. I was like, how long is this next episode going to be? And I was like, wow, this motherfucker did all this shit. This motherfucker did a lot of shit. So, uh, yeah, first part of the uh, series episode, part one, was... Um, all early, about his early, early life and all the way up to Tombstone. Early, early stages of how his family were fucking obsessed with brothels and whores. whores and all that shit. And, and just, fucking stealing and all that. They're fucking... Minor. And the, the second part was all about the, uh, um, the the night before and the morning of... Okay. And... The OK Corral. Of the OK Corral. The gunfight at the OK, ra- right. okay Corral. Right. Including... Virgil getting fucking ambushed afterwards, and sadly Morgan getting gunned down in the billiards room. Gunned down, but sad. Which leads us to part three, all about Wyatt Earp, and we're gonna head straight to the Earp Vendetta ride. This is gonna take place immediately after uh, Morgan is killed, up until uh, the end of the ride, basically, until uh, until uh, Wyatt goes his separate ways with his posse. We'll, so we'll see. Yeah, that's what we're going to cover on episode three tonight, boys and girls. And I got to say, this has been probably the most uh, entertaining little series slash shows we've done so far. Close. Close. I mean, not close. It's probably mm, probably the best. We could have done uh, a good... We only did two parts on uh, Billy the Kid. We probably could have done four. Probably not. No. You gotta remember, Billy the Kid only lived to like 21. Herb lived to 76 or something. True. Right. Well, Wyatt and James were traveling to the contention with Morgan's body. Coroner Dr. D.M. Matthew held an inquest into Morgan's death. Uh, During the coroner's inquest, Pete Spence's (laughs) wife, Marietta (laughs) Diate? Diate. Marietta Duarte or Duarte? Duarte implicated her husband and four other men in Morgan's murder. Oh. Uh, she testified that along with her husband, Frank Steelwell, a man named Fries, later identified as Frederick Bode, and two Indians later identified as Hank Swilling and Florento, Florentino Cruz. What kind of Indian name is Hank Swilling? Right. The and fuck then, is this guy? And Florentino Cruz. I mean, uh, that's... 
whatever. It sounds more Mexican, Mexican to me, Indian. but Mexican Indian to me. Hank Hank Swillen. <laughs> well, she later testified that all three. Of those I think men, they were half Indians. Right. Well, she later testified that all three of those men took part in the killing. She testified that four days before the shooting, she and her mother were standing at Spence's house when Morgan walked by. The Indian then started down the street and got ahead of him to get a good look at him. She also stated that on the night of the shooting, she and her mother heard the shots, and a few minutes later, Stillwell and an Indian Charlie came into her home, followed shortly by Spence, Bode, and the other Indian. Mm. So, oh, that's news so to me there. She's saying that uh, they set him up from the get. Right. Was watching his ass. Do you think they were hired guns? I think they were hired guns. Watching his ass through the street and was like, yeah, we know where you're going, Morgan. Well, that you know was, where you're going, So that's not Morgan. part of the clan. That's not the clan. Stillwell is part of the, the But clan. not the other guys. They were clearly with him. Well, he hired them. Did They're he? They hired guns. Well, why don't we just let the story play well, out? We'll find out. Uh, Marietta Dorte recalled that the men were excited, and the next morning her husband threatened her with violence if she told what she knew. Mm. Spence didn't tell me so, but I know he killed Morgan Earp, she said. Right. Additional witnesses said they saw Frank Stillwell running from the scene. Oh, shit. Like the gunfight three months earlier. Three months after the gunfight, this shit has taken place. Uh, Morgan's murder was national news. The Los Angeles Herald reported Tombstone, A.T., Arizona Territory, by the way, Uh, March 23rd. The coroner's jury find that Morgan Earp came to his death at the hands of Frank Stillwell, who was killed the next day in Tucson. Mm. Pete Spence won fries and two half-breed Indians. Pete Spence's wife exposes the plot. Wow. A sheriff's posse consisting of 20 men, mostly cowboys, left this morning for the Dragoon Mountains where the Earps are supposed to be at at present. The sheriff made a weak attempt to arrest them at the Cosmopolitan Hotel before they left, but Wyatt Earp told him he didn't want to see him, that he had seen him once too often, and thereupon the Earp party mounted their horses and rode away. Right. He's like, you ain't taking us right now. You ain't taking us Sorry. right now. Sorry, you guys weren't around when we needed you, so guess what? There is a very uneasy feeling among the cowboy element as the Earps are rendered desperate by the attempted assassination of Virgil Earp and the cold-blooded murder of baby brother Morgan Earp. I mean, how can you... I mean, Basically, they're that, on dude, their own. Can you imagine? That's a fucking newspaper right. article that I just read. Right. That whole thing. Right. Can you imagine seeing some shit like that? Well, I mean, you do see stuff like that in the, in today's news, but this was like glorified. This was like glorified. Newspapers couldn't wait to print on the fucking dealings mm. and the and right. the shit that outlaws and gunslingers were doing back in the day. Right. Crazy. While the coroner's jury concluded that Spence, Stillwell, Fries, and two half-breed Indians were responsible for Morgan's murder. Mm. Unknown to Wyatt, three of the cowboys he sought were in Behan's jail. Of course they were, because Behan's a piece of always shit. always goes we've back already, to that guy. We've already fucking established that one. Right. Well, they're in his jail, so... That's what I just said, but Behan's a piece of shit, right. so... Well, after the cor- coroner's jury ended, uh, Spence immediately turned himself in. He was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> He's like, "I don't want the murders after me. I put me in, put me in Behan's jail." <laughs> he was protected in Behan's jail, and he was like, "Fuck yeah!" On the day of inquest, two of Behan's deputy sheriffs arrested two more suspects for other reasons. Uh, here we go again. Uh, Cochise huh? County Deputy Sheriff William Bell brought Indian Charlie from Charleston and placed him under arrest in the Tombstone Jail for shooting a man in Charleston separately. Cochise County Deputy Sheriff Frank Hereford arrested John Doe Freeze. They were all later released. So uh, who's this John Doe Freeze? Of course they were. Of course they were. Right. They're trying to uh, ease the. They're trying to ease the uh, 
Eased the tension, say, yeah, we arrested these motherfuckers. Well, uh, if Bayhan's involved, then we know that fucking they're up right, no good. Right, I think they're trying to, uh, they're trying to fucking, uh, trying to fucking coerce the Wyatts to come back into town. Well, we'll we, see. We arrested these motherfuckers. Well, when Wyatt Earp learned of the judge's ruling, he felt he could not rely on the court system for justice. Right. Stillwell had previously been acquitted of two homicides already and a stage robbery, and in Wyatt Earp's opinion, he and other cowboys had gotten away with murder again. Again. Wyatt decided to take matters into his own hands, concluding the only way to deal with Virgil's and Morgan's attackers and the continued threat against the entire Earp family was to kill the responsible cowboy. I mean, how can you not? Right? There was no justice being served, and they're still continually uh, pursuing them. I mean, you got to. Well, on Sunday, March 19th, On March 19th, it was a Sunday, the day after Morgan's murder, Deputy U.S. Marshal Wyatt Earp, his brother James, and a group of friends prepared to accompany Virgil and his wife, along with Morgan's body, to the railhead in Benson. From there, James would accompany them to the family home in Colton, California. Colton, California. Morgan's wife and parents waited to bury him. Sadly. Ain't that about a bitch? Sadly. They come rolling uh, up. His wife was probably like, Morgan, Morgan, don't you go out the tombstone. You'll you, die. You're going to end up dead. His brothers are going to kill you. You're going you gonna to end up dead. You know Wyatt? You know right. Wyatt and his temper? You know Virgil and all those guys? Virgil's probably the one that the family's proud of. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Morgan's wife and parents waited to bury him. On Monday, Wyatt received information that Frank Stillwell, Ike Clanton, Hank Swilling, mm-hmm. and another cowboy were watching the passenger trains in Tucson intending to kill Virgil Art. Oh, shit. He's like, uh-uh. These motherfuckers intend to kill you, Virgil, again. Again. See, see that's a problem with these motherfuckers. They're, they're going after everybody else but Wyatt. Because they know. Yeah, you want to get revenge on, and then they take out Wyatt last. I mean, I guess they want to see him. All your, all Maybe. your family's well, going to die. Well, uh, I think all were, your family's going to die. I think they were targeting uh, Virgil, though, because yeah, Virgil was, they had already attempted to fucking right, kill him, right. and now he can testify against fucking right. everything that's right. happening, so... Right. Well, he thought getting the still invalid Virgil through to Tucson safely <laughs> would you. require extra help. Thank you. So still invalid means... Right. You know. Right. Well, Wyatt accompanied by... Wyatt was accompanied by... Okay, let me start that over, guys. Three, two... Wyatt, accompanied by Warren Earp, Doc Holliday, Turkey Creek Jack Johnson, and Sherman McMaster, guarded Virgil and Alley. In Contention City, they stabled the horses and picked up an extra wagon... They rode in the wagon to the railhead in Benson where they caught the next train to Tucson. They were all heavily armed with shotguns or rifles except Virgil who had a pistol. Nathan W. Waite of Ash Canyon in the Huachuca Mountains was on the train with the Earp party. He said the Earp men were all armed and McMaster was wearing two cartridge belts. They were ready to roll. They were ready to roll. He said... These niggas were ready to roll. He said... I don't know what they're planning to do, but they ain't meaning no fucking goodness wherever they're going. Mm-mm. And not to mention the the, the coffin in the back. Like, who, tra- who just travels with a coffin? <laughs> right. They're like, we don't know if it's empty or not. <laughs> they're planning on something. There's going to be gold bars in it they're transporting. You right. never know. Well, while in Tucson, the party was greeted at the train station by Deputy U.S. Marshal Joseph W. Evans. 
Virgil and other witnesses later reported that they saw Stillwell, Ike Clanton, and other cowboys at the strange stage. They're like, we see all those motherfuckers. Like, we see them. Like, now, now, hmm, why would all these oh, motherfuckers right. be here just for me? Right. Or uh, by coincidence? Is it by yeah, coincidence? coincidence? I don't hmm. think it would be by coincidence. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Well, you know... Hey, we're, we just happen to be here. Hmm. Well, almost. Hey, ain't fancy running into you. I mean, I know that uh, we kind of got like a little feud going on here, but. Right, right. Tip, well, tip my hat. Uh, uh, boop. <laughs> well, there was Stillwell, Ike Clanton, and other cowboys at the train station. Yes. Almost the first men we met on the platform were Stillwell and his friends. Armed to the teeth, Verger later told the San Francisco Examiner. Soon as we got off the, soon as we got off that train, them were the first faces that we seen. Hmm. Was our anonymities? Uh. They fell back into the crowd as soon as as they saw I had an escort. They're like, "Oh well, shit!" Of course they did. Right? They saw a fucking. They saw Wyatt right. and all the other fucking uh, right. dudes step off the train. They're like, right. "Let's hold back, boys." Right? Like, well, that's not what we wanted to happen right. here. Well, and he said, then the boys took him over to the hotel and they had supper, uh, and they watched over by the well-armed Wyatt and his posse. Watched over by the well-armed Wyatt and his posse, Virgil and Allie had dinner in Tucson at Porter's Hotel. So, they're like, bro, just do what you're going to do. Wyatt's like, you and your wife, go sit down, have a nice little dinner We're gonna before sit we back. get on yep. back. We're going to sit back and fucking make sure you guys just fucking relax. Don't worry about anything, just relax. Well, Marshall Evans saw Holiday deposit two shotguns at the railroad station office. This is eight, this is Tucson in eighteen eighty right there. Cool. It's just buildings. <laughs> so the marshal the marshal seeing Doc Holiday deposit two shotguns to, for later retrieval. Later retrieval for what? We'll find out. We will find out. Well, after the Herb Group finished dinner at Porter's Hotel, they returned to the train. Right. Holiday asked somebody to get his shotguns. <laughs> Wyatt escorted Virgil and Allie aboard the train. A passenger told Virgil he saw men lying on a flat car near the engine. Uh oh. Well, Wyatt's Supposedly saw them, too, and slipped between the tracks, uh-huh. looking for the men. As the train pulled away from the Tucson station at about 7.15 p.m., six or seven shots were heard. Witnesses gave different accounts, but Frank Stillwell's body was found on the morning of March 21st, about 100 yards from the Porter Hotel, alongside the tracks, riddled with two buckshot and three gunshot wounds. Mm. George Hand, who saw the body, said Stillwell was the worst shot-up man I had ever seen in my life. It's fucked up. Well, coroner Dr. Dexter Lyford found a single bullet wound through Stillwell's body under his armpits. <laughs> Damn. Is that a defense? I mean, under his armpits? Maybe he got his hands up and he just got shot? Mm, who knows? How do you get under your armpit? Well, a wound from my rifle through the upper left arm, a buckshot wound that passed through the liver, abdomen and stomach, another buckshot Jeez. wound that fractured his left leg, and a rifle wound through the right leg. Hey. The coroner concluded that Stillwell had been shot by five different weapons. <laughs> Either the gun shot oh. under his arm or through the abdomen could have been the cause of death. So this motherfucker was shot by multiples. Well, that was the first kill on the Vendetta ride, so you know they were just, that was that was getting their fucking anger out. Just fucking. There's no questions asked, there's nothing they seen him shot. That was it. Well, that was getting their anger out. You can even say that, yeah. You can even say Stillwell. Not was, even anger, maybe nerves too. Right. Like you, I'm gonna kill this first man and then smooth sailing from you, there. You can either say Stillwell was sitting there like this on his knees or something. I, I, I mean, he might have been. Who knows? He got maybe caught. they caught him he off guard, caught. and he's like, "Please don't kill me! Please uh, don't uh, kill me!" Pew, pew 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 pew. 
Got him. Well, the Tombstone Epitaph reported the next day that Stillwell had been shot six times. Mm. They reported that the round of buckshot in the torso had struck him at such a close range that six buckshot left holes within a radius of three inches. That's pretty damn close. Leaving powder burns on his coat. Yeah, that's pretty damn close. That's like close, close, bud. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's like right there. Many years later, Wyatt told his biographer, Flood, that he and his party had seen Clanton and Stillwell on the tracks with weapons, and he had shot Stillwell. The federal deputies looked hard for another man whom Wyatt identified as Ike Clanton, but he got away. Mm, of course he did. Wyatt claimed in a newspaper interview afterward that he had he and Stillwell had been in Tucson to respond to a federal subpoena for interfering with U.S. mail carrier when he allegedly robbed Sandy Bob Line of the Bisbee <laughs> stage. <laughs> the Sandy Bob Line. On the 8th of September in 1881. Okay, we have to... We don't know about that. Well, the federal charges had been filed uh, by Virgil Earp after Stillwell was acquitted for lack of evidence on yeah, the stage that was the, charges That was, that of was robbery. the one robbery we thought right, we, right, uh, right. we didn't like do the specifics, but we know that shit right. happened. Right. Well, uh, Clinton said he had heard that the Earps were coming in on a train to kill Stillwell. According mm. to Clinton, Stillwell left the hotel and was last seen walking down the railroad tracks away from the Porter Hotel towards where his body was later found. Why would he just walk down the railroad track? Exactly. Mm. Okay. Well, Virgil later told the examiner, one thing is certain, if I had been without an escort, they would have killed me. Damn right. The next day, the newspapers were full of news about Frank Stilwell's death. The Arizona Star reported, without any provocation, a band of four or five slayers pursued a, pursued a lonely man in the dark and without a word of warning, murdered him in cold blood and then hid to their stamping grounds or headed to their stamping grounds as unconcerned as though as they had been out on a hunting trip. Mm. Or like so many bloodthirsty Apaches rejoice over their crime. Wow, so they're trying to say... That's some racist fucking shit there, huh? Right. Uh, the coroner's jury in Tucson found that Stillwell had died at the hands of Wyatt and Warren Earp, Holiday, McMaster, and Johnson. Tucson Justice of the Peace, Charles Meyer, issued arrest warrants for the five men. Well, first of all, it's a coroner's jury. How, right. how uh, was there evidence left of the scene that fucking indicated these five men? I mean, there's or were they just like, eh, they why it's on a vendetta ride? He probably killed them. And plus, they're in town, and so there's wit- no witnesses seen all the Wyatts in town, and and this so happened. So there's no physical evidence. Really, no. This is happened that the Wyatts left on that train and then blah, 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 all that. Well, on the night of the 20th of March, after killing Stillwell in Tucson and verifying that the train was on its way to California with the rest of their family, the Earp Party was afoot. They walked nine miles southeast back along the southern Pacific tracks out of Tucson to the Papago uh, Freight Stop. At the Papago Papago Stop, they flagged down the night freight train to uh, back to the terminal in Benson. So they didn't get on that train. They missed the train. And they're like, fuck. So they walked the tracks to the next town yeah. to get on the next train. Well, once in Benson, they hired a wagon back to contention where they picked up their stabled horses. They wrote, which probably had Morgan there, too, in his fucking... Uh... No, Morgan's on the train. Morgan's on the train. This yeah, is what Virgil wa- has Morgan. They're without Virgil now. Yeah, Virgil has Morgan. So once in Benson, they hired a wagon a wagon back to contention where they picked up their stable horses. They rode into Tombstone around. They go back they to Tombstone. They went back to Tombstone. About 11 a.m. on a Tuesday, the 21st of March. And they went in the daytime, nonetheless, right. knowing that they were wanted. 11 a.m. Uh, once in Tombstone, they learned of Marietta's 
uh, Durette's testimony during the coroner's inquest into Morgan's death. She told the jury that her husband, Pete Spence, and several others who she identified had talked about the murder in her home. So oh, it's actually helping so now, him out. So it's now, helped him out. So now Wyatt and his buddies are going back, and then he's like, This helps us out. Now we got fucking, we already know who did it, but now we know who did it. Right. So imagine the revenge he wants to get now. Well, the Earth Their suspicions were right, really. Oh, right. He's like, he looked at all, as soon as he heard that, he looked at his whole crew and was like, He's like, mm-hmm. Well, the Earps returned to their rooms upstairs at the Cosmopolitan Hotel where they had lived in close company and used as their temporary headquarters since the first attack on Virgil right. in December. That's pretty fucked up. That the, I mean, that's cool, I guess, that these townspeople kept these guys' rooms intact. And I guarantee you there's still shit there. Well, they're still paying for it. Right. So. Right. Wyatt and Warren Earp. Doc Holliday, Texas Jack, Turkey Creek Johnson, and Sherman McMaster were now wanted men due to the outstanding warrants. Right. Tucson, where the Earps had killed Stillwell, was in the jurisdiction of Pima County Sheriff Bob Paul, who was actually a friend of the Earps. He and District Attorney Alex Campbell sent a telegram to Bayhan and Tombstone asking him to arrest the Earps. The telegraph office manager happened to be a friend of the Earps as well and showed the message to Wyatt before it was delivered to Bayhan. Right. The operator agreed to delay delay delivering the message to Bayhan long enough to allow the Earps and their associates to make ready to leave town Tuesday evening. Right. The Earps sent instruction to Montgomery Stable to get their shit saddled up so we can get the fuck up out of here. Get the fuck up out of there. Well, Texas Jack. Texas Jack. There's a nice little picture of Texas Jack there branding his arms. Brandishing his arms. Brandishing. Uh, early in the evening, Behan uh, received a delay telegram. He gathered his deputies and Tombstone City Marshal Dave Nagel. They that's, met. That's Virgil's replacement, by the right. way. Right. They met in front of the Cosmopolitan Cos, Cosmopolitan Hotel, preparing to arrest the five men. Behan encountered the heavily armed Earp lawmen as they passed through the lobby of the Cosmopolitan Hotel. So they didn't even leave in time. They're so, so stupid they are. Oh no! They agreed to as long as they're ready. All right, just get the fuck out of there. Getting ready to pick up their horses from the stable and leave town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cochise County Sheriff uh, Behan told the Deputy U.S. Marshal, Wyatt, I want to see you. Wyatt replied without stopping. Johnny, if you're not careful, you'll see me once too often. Oh, ain't that a, ain't that the words of a fucking badass? You ain't kidding. As he kept on walking. As he kept walking. Didn't even stop. Turned his back against the enemy. Didn't even stop. Mm-hmm. Well, the tombstone epitaph... These motherfucking tombstone epitaphs got some sources because they reporting all this shit. Right. Uh, the sheriff made a weak attempt to arrest them at the Cosmopolitan Hotel before they left, but Wyatt Earp told him he didn't want to see them, that he had seen them once too often, and thereupon the Earp party mounted their horses and rode away in the sunset. Right. Well, one of Bayhan's deputies, Billy Breckenridge, claimed Wyatt and his men resisted arrest and even pulled their guns on Bayhan and Dave Neagle one of Wyatt's friends, to prevent their arrest. In a story published on May 14, 1893, Wyatt told a reporter for the Denver Republican, the sheriff called on me to surrender, and I told him I would not do it. He assembled a posse about the door of my room to take me in, but I walked through the man, and none of them offered to lay a hand upon me. Exactly. They all said. They all knew. And that's exactly what probably happened. Exactly. They all knew. He just walked past him and said, you know what, I'm leaving town. And if you guys don't want no bloodshed, you're gonna let me. You boys know you you boys know what I gotta do. Right. And you Bayhan. And if you try to stop me, I'm, you're not gonna like what's going on. In the perfect happen. world, Wyatt would have hunted down Bayhan after all this and fucking put a bullet in his head, but Well, Wyatt and Warren Earp, Doc Holliday, Johnson and McMaster were joined by Texas Jack Vermillion, 
uh, Dan Tipton. Who we and, just saw yep. brandishing his arms. Yep, and Charlie Smith and Fred Dodge and Johnny Green and Holy damn, shit. and Lois Cooley to form a federal Lewis. policy under Wyatt's authority as don't, a deputy. Don't disrespect that man's name. Lois. Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> Lois. Lewis Cooley. So, okay, so, so. Well, you remember the last episode. Wyatt Earp is still considered. You remember the, you remember the Wyatt last. Wyatt Earp is still considered a deputy U.S. marshal. You remember the last episode right at the end. Wyatt petitioned to the fucking governor or whatever to give him deputy marshal. Right. And that's but he's he also wanted by the fucking. He's wanted by a certain county. Oh, okay. So he's, so he's still deputy U.S. marshal. He's a U.S. marshal. Right. He's not, not just by, like a county or yeah. a city. He's not. He's wanted, like he's like he, the, he's a federal agent. Right. Right. So uh, right at this point, right now, Wyatt Oprah's not wanted by the United States of America. He's no. wanted by a county, a certain jurisdiction. Right. 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 So uh, and Wyatt, he rounds up this fucking hellified posse who right. are all, all who are all legal, authorities under him now so. legal fucking uh, basically deputies. Right. Okay, continue to ignore behind the Earp posse rode out of town the same evening of Tuesday, the 21st of March. The next morning, Behan formed a posse consisting of a number of deputized cowboys, uh, friends of Frank Stilwell and Ike Clanton. Uh, of course he did. Including Johnny Ringo, oh. uh, Phineas Clanton, Phineas. Johnny, Phineas Clanton, Johnny Barnes, and about 18 more men. Oh, Damn, so they outnumber the old number. fucking Earp fucking clan there, huh? And about 18 more men. They rode after the federal posse and the five men wanted for Stilwell's moida. Oh, so, shit. So, we got kind of... So not only do we have a... We have a federal posse going after murderers, and then we have a fucking uh, local posse going after, after murderers. The murderers, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Who's right? Who's wrong? But you have the local posse teaming up with criminals. The criminals. Well, mm. we already knew Bayhan was a piece of shit. Okay. We we been we been since knowing that. We have a picture of the Dragoon Mountains from the south, which of, is uh, from the south of uh, from the uh, south. Tombstone. Well, just from the south. The south view doesn't matter where you are. You're looking south from the Dragoon Mountains. Right. But those will come into play in about four sentences. On the morning of March 22nd, a portion of the Earp Posse, including Wyatt, Warren, Doc, Sherman, McMaster, and Turkey Creek Johnson, rode about 10 miles east to Pete Spence's ranch and woodcutting camp off the Chiricahua Chiricahua Road below the south pass of the Dragoon Mountains. According to that was the first sentence. I'm sorry, it was such a, such a long sentence. It right. seemed like it was the fourth. But according to Theodore Judah, who witnessed events at the wood camp, the Earp Posse arrived around 11 a.m. What's that about 11 a.m. about these guys? In early morning, well, mid morning, late morning, uh, and asked him about <laughs> the location of Pete Spence and Florentino Indian Charlie Cruz. He told him that Spence was in jail in Tombstone, but, oh, Mr. Cruz, is, uh, he's over there. He's cutting wood right there nearby. They said, where? Well, he got. they got directions. They followed those directions, and uh, poor, little Judah heard, uh, poor little Judah soon heard 10 or 12 shots fired. Judah looked for Cruz that night without success. The next morning, he went looking for him again and found his body full of bullet full holes. Full of bullet holes. So. Damn. Got that guy done and over with. Old Mr. Fucking Indian Charlie is uh right Indian bullet hold. Right. Well, uh, that's a hell of a Charlie horse. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> well, one a pop uh, a pop 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 a p
Apocryphal. 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 One apocryphal account says that after a party recognized Cruz, they chased him down and a gunfight ensued. Ooh. Apocryphal, by the way, uh, means uh, uh, like legitimate not source. based on facts. Well, it's a legitimate source. No. No. It, it, it literally source. means. It, it literally source. means false information and not based on fact. I looked it up. I looked it up but, earlier. But it was also a legit. I looked it up source. earlier because I didn't know what it meant. It literally means not based on facts but and it a false. Was. False. No. No. But it was. Oh my gosh! Did you the not word, know that? The word may mean that, but the, <laughs> but it was. But it was legitimate. They chased him down and a gunfight ensued. No, because no gunfight ensued. Well, we don't know that. They went over there and they killed him. Yeah, well, the, the guy might have shot back at him. Mm. We don't know. Well, you read on. Well, the party managed keep to keep reading. <laughs> the party managed to capture and fatally wound a uh, fatally wounded and and fatally wounded Cruz, and he confessed to have taken part in Morgan's murder. He's like, I'm sorry, they made me and they paid me lots of money, lots of money. That's they, why that was right. not nearly enough because I'm over here splitting wood. Right, and he said, uh, and that uh, uh, Cruz identified Stillwell, Hank Swilling, Curly Bill, and Johnny Ringo as the others who killed Morgan. Okay, we all knew that. Johnny I realize Ringo, some of you are a part of it, but not all those five guys fired the shot that killed Morgan. So I they mean, all you can't, fired shots. So I, I guarantee. No, you there that. was only two shots fired when Morgan got killed. Yeah, but you're still there. Makes you accessory. I mean, yeah, sec- accessory, but they're not the ones that killed him. Don't matter. Back like then. all these accounts are back these then. are guys that killed him. So he only he only received. Uh, there was only three shots that rang out, but five guys killed them. Well, back then, accessory was the same thing, man. You're there in a group. You're dead. Too. Whatever. It was accessory. Accessory was basically guilty of murder. Uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was Stillwell, Hank Swilling, Curly Bell, and Johnny Ringo who killed Morgan. During that time, in Wyatt's own account, he allowed Cruz to keep his revolver and his holster to give him a chance to fight like a man. He goes, you know what? I'm not just going to kill you like the coward that you are. Right. Give, I'll give you a chance to kill me. All right. After Cruz's confession, White gave the permission to draw his revolver, which Cruz did. But White managed to draw his gun first and killed him with one shot. I mean, how's that not fair? I mean, the guy's probably on the ground. <laughs> he, already had, he, he, had, he had already been shot like chance. fucking He's three like, or four times. but. <laughs> And they say, I like how they say, Wyatt managed to outdraw him. <laughs> Fucking of course he did. The guy could barely move, probably. Right. Well, Wyatt's account of him killing Cruz in a duel is contra- contradicted by Cruz's fatal oh. wounds. One of the temple and the second through his right side. Oh. Well, they probably shot him afterwards. Oh. Probably shot him afterwards. Just be like, oh, but you if you're in a duel, if you're in a duel facing face to face, you're not going to shoot him in the right side or his temple. Right. Well, there was a and those wound. were the two fatal wounds. Those he, fatal wounds. He clearly just said he killed him. Yeah, he probably shot him. He said he shot him and killed him with one shot. Right. But he had a fucking gunshot wound to the right side and this fucking right temple. It's true. Yeah, so why Earp's, Earp's a little uh, a little fabricating his stories over here. Well. On Thursday, March 23rd, Smith and Tipton left the main body of the posse to obtain information and money in Tombstone. The rest of the posse rode west about 12 miles and on the night of March 23rd stayed in a campsite northwest of Tombstone between Contention and Drew's Station. Bayhan saw Smith and Tipton in town and arrested them for, quote-unquote, resistant arrest and conspiracy. Mm. 
the men immediately paid their bonds. Smith left Tombstone to rejoin the federal posse, but Tipton remained behind. When Smith rejoined the group, Earp asked him, he said, Hey, man, where's that $1,000 I told you to fucking uh, cover our expenses with? He said, Man, we don't got it because we got arrested. Well, Earp said, Right. Hey, Smith, meet us at Iron Springs and don't lose any time. We'll be waiting there. You better have that thousand bucks. Right. So something ain't going on. Something ain't right with Tipton and Smith here. That's the way I'm guessing. Well, on the 27th of March, Smith and Tipton were brought before the judge, A.J. Felter, in Tombstone. The defense asked the judge to dismiss the charges because Behan lacked a warrant, and the judge agreed. The uh, judge agreed. He said, you men are free to go. Yeah. The Arizona Weekly Star had previously identified Florentino Saiz as the 1878 murderer of the Deputy U.S. Marshals Cornelius Finley and John Hicks Adams on the tw- 2nd of September in 1878, and Cruz and Saiz uh, may have been the same person, Oh, which they probably were. On Friday, the 24th of March, in Tombstone, Dr. George Goodfellow, if you guys remember Goodfellow from the last episode, acting as coroner, examined Cruz's body. At the coroner's inquest, Goodfellow testified that he found four wounds in Cruz, one shot through his right temple entering the brain, a slight flesh wound to the right shoulder, a third entering, entering his right side and exiting his right spine. Oh, shit. And the fourth hitting him in the left thigh and exiting. Seven or eight inches above the point of entry. So. Wait. How do you get hit in the thigh and it goes up? Right. Unless it hit that big ass bone and ricocheted up. Ricocheted, right. Well, he stated that either the first or third wound were sufficient to cause a death. So either he got shot in the side and died and then fucking got one put in his head for good measure. I think he got shot in the side and he was basically dead and they walked up and just shot him in his fucking head. Still proves uh, Wyatt's uh, little dual fucking right. uh, story wrong. Uh, the coroner's jury ruled that Cruz had been killed by Wyatt and Warren Earp, Sherman McMaster, Jack Johnson, Doc Holliday, Texas Jack, and two other unnamed gunmen who ended up being Dan Tipton and Charlie Smith themselves. On the day of the inquest, Arizona Territory Governor Triddle arrived in Tombstone to look into the quote-unquote sad state of affairs here. On the same right. day, the two remaining members of the Earp family departed Tombstone. The Tombstone Epitaph reported that both James Earp's wife, Bessie, Bessie, and Wyatt's common-law wife, Maddie, were departing for Colton, California, where the rest of the Earp family had moved. Right. Them motherfuckers are still there. They left their wives there. They left their wives there in known danger. Knowingly. Right. Well, it's already proved that Wyatt didn't give a fuck about his... uh, his law. wife, his law. Well, in 1919, with the help of John Flood, Wyatt Earp drew a map showing the location of Iron Springs. There it is, that, folks. You didn't have to read that. Cause that's just a thing for the picture, man. Well, that's cool. Uh, here are the Whetstone Mountains. Awesome. Well, on Friday, 24th of March, the Earp posse, including Wyatt, Warren, Doc Holliday, Sherman McC- McMaster, Texas Jack. Uh, you, you want to say McAllister every time. <laughs> I, I can hear it in your, in your uh, uh, pronunciation. Well, Sherman McMaster and Texas Jack, they rode east about 12 miles from their overnight campsite, about halfway between Contention and Drew Station. The Federal posse rode westerly up a wash towards a prearranged meeting place at a Springs, where they expected to meet Smith who was to bring 1,000 doll hairs from Tombstone. 1,000 doll hairs. Uh, about 20 he miles. He still ain't got that damn $1,000. They've been, right. <laughs> been waiting for that fucking 1000 He's like, like, what the fuck? Damn, like they come need on. that $1,000. I would say. Earp has more than that. Come on. 
Yeah, but not that he can uh, go and uh, withdraw right now. without fucking, right now, right. Uh, being susceptible to being arrested. All right. Well, the, the springs were identified by Wyatt Earp as Iron Springs, but the location was reported the next day by the Tombstone Epithet again. Shaking your damn legs as Burley Spring, shaking the so, whole table. So Tombstone, the Tombstone epitaph was like, "Hold on a minute." He Dude. said that was Iron Springs, but we say it was Burley Springs, about eight miles south um, of Tombstone, and first four of miles all, like I said, of Charleston. Like I said, at this point, do I have to treat the the Tombstone epitaph as like a, a, dirt sheet, a dirt sheet writer for the news. for like wrestling? Right, right. Like my sources. My right. sources say right. plans have changed. Right, <laughs> right. Plans, plans have changed. Uh, uh, why and his, his posse weren't in, weren't in. Right. Uh, what, what was the name of it? Weren't in Iron Springs. They no. actually were. They were going to go to Iron Springs, but then they changed it at the last minute. And said, "Well, they said twenty Berlin. miles east of of uh, Tombstone, which were Wyatt Earp says was the Iron Springs, but, but the, Burley but Springs Tombstone, is eight miles south. Yeah, but Tombstone Epitaph said no, it was Burley Springs, about eight miles, eight miles south. south and four miles east. Hmm. But what? 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 Uh, we just seen that picture, nineteen nineteen, with the help of John Flood, Wyatt Earp drew a map of the showing and location of Springs. I Iron wish I could uh, zoom on that. Right. But, yeah, that's where he said he went, which was the east, right. 20 miles to the east. So, Well, the spring was located in the Whetstone Mountains west of Tombstone. So now we're going west. And it was later named, renamed Mescal Springs. Some modern researchers believe it is actually Cottonwood Springs. The actual location is uncertain. So it was anywhere between 20 miles of no, all radius. No, 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 no. All... Iron, Iron Springs was to the west of Tombstone. It's east. No, said so Smith, about twenty miles east. Smith was gonna bring a thousand dollars from Tombstones, which which was twenty miles from the east, from where they were. All right, so Springs were identified. So he was traveling west to Iron Springs. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. But the fucking newspaper reported that they were actually eight miles south of Tombstone. All right, so that spring was actually located in the Wet Sand Mountains, west of Tombstone. So I think Wyatt Earp is correct. Right, it exactly. was Wyatt Iron Springs. So they were 20 miles west of Tombstone. Some modern researchers believe it. It was actually Cottonwood Springs. Well, what the fuck? How many springs are there? <laughs> uh, and, and they believe this is the actual location. Well, they don't. Well, they actually, they they said, <laughs> we don't believe this is the actual location. We think the actual location is uncertain. It's uncertain. Yeah. I, could, I think we have um, pretty good authority that it was probably, if it wasn't, the exact springs that it said, but it was definitely west of Tombstone. We'll, it was, we'll put it, was, we'll it, put it that way. It was there. We'll put it that way. It was around there. Well, with Wyatt and Doc Holliday in the lead, the sixth lawman surmounted a small rise overlooking the springs and were surprised to find nine cowboys already there. All right. Curly Bill, Pony Deal, Dial, Johnny Barnes, Frank Patterson, Milt Hicks, Bill Hicks, Bill Johnson, Ed Lyle, and his brother Johnny Lyle. Mm. I'm assuming her brother. But uh, they were camped about the springs cooking a meal less than 30 feet down a slight embankment. Once again, the odds were not in the lawman's favor. Right. Well, there also, we see a possible photo of William Curly Bill Brocious. <laughs> a possible photo. It's not right. It's not confirmed. All right. Recognizing Earp, Curly Bill fired a shotgun without warning Damn. at Wyatt, but missed. He was like, oh, shit, patoo! <laughs> <laughs> it's out of nowhere. <laughs> fucking idiot. You imagine that? He's like... <laughs> and everybody's like, what the fuck? What the hell? What are you doing? And why is like, you missed. <laughs> uh, well, 18 months earlier, 
Wyatt had protected Curly Bill against a mob ready oh. to lynch him for killing Tombstone Town Marshal Fred White. Ain't that so some why shit? Would this motherfucker so he's protecting this motherfucker from literally getting hanged for murder. Right, and he's gonna And then he's just gonna fucking open right, fire without right. Wow. And then provided testimony that helped spare Curly Bill from a murder trial. So Wyatt Earp only saved saved this man twice. 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 That's fucked up. Wyatt Earp Doc Holiday wrote about the fight. And Fred Dodge interviewed the uh, three participants afterward. Earp dismounted, carrying a 22-inch, 10-gauge stagecoach shotgun he had borrowed from Fred Dodge. The other cowboys fired at the lawman. Texas Jack Vermillion's horse was killed and fell on him, oh. pinning his leg. Vermillion was unable to retrieve his rifle wedged into the scabbard under his fallen horse. Doc Holliday pulled Vermillion from underneath his horse, and they, Johnson and McMaster, Shot at the Cowboys as they sought cover. So it was like a full-fledged, like, fucking... It was like an ambush-type deal thing there. Well, kind of. Unexpected. Yeah. Unexpected. Wyatt returned fire across his horse with his own shotgun and hit Curly Curly, Curly Bill Curly <laughs> Bill in the chest, almost cutting him in half. Oh shit! Curly Bill fell into the water by the edge of the spring and lay dead. I guarantee you, Wyatt was like, "You son of a bitch! I saved your life I twice." I saved your life twice. But the lawman's fire was so intense that, according to Johnny Barnes, the cowboy who could got away, said, "Hey man, these lawmen are firing at us. Get away if we can." Mm. Well, after killing Curly Bill, Earp fired his pistol and shot Johnny Barnes in the chest and Milt Hicks in the arm, attempting to remount his horse. Wyatt had trouble getting up into the saddle because his cartridge belt had slipped down around his thighs. Oh, no. He had fi- he was finally able to get on his horse and retreat. Well, the Cowboys fired a number of shots at Earp, at the Earp party without effect. Mm. McMaster was grazed by a bullet that cut through the straps of his field glasses or possibly his coat. Or possibly his coat, so we don't know. Later accounts of the gunfight varied. Wyatt reported that his long coat was punctured by bullets or buckshots on both sides. Another bullet struck his boot heel and his saddle horn was hit as well. Oh, Burning the saddle hide and narrowly missing Wyatt. Damn. In his unpublished... What a lucky son bitch. Right. In Wyatt's unpublished 1926 biography of Earp, John H. Flood wrote, The saddle horn had been splintered. His coat hung in shreds. In shreds. There were three holes through the legs of his trousers. Trousers. Five holes through the crown of his sombrero. And three. Uh, so Okay, so brand. picture that. I was surprised when I read that earlier. So they it, almost so, shot him in his head. Well, so, so picture that. Why almost Earp, shot him in his head. Why Earp's riding around fucking uh, wearing a sombrero. Right. <laughs> Could you picture that? Like, <laughs> Mr. Cowboy had himself well, well, riding around I believe, wearing a sombrero. I believe all the pictures see of Wyatt Earp, he does have a big-ass fucking cowboy hat on, so it's basically almost a sombrero. Well, they were they were traveling through the desert right. and so shit, so humongous. that sombrero covers your neck and right. all that I believe stuff. it was sombrero. So imagine that, though. Fucking bull holes almost fucking hitting his head. I Three mean, of them. Some barrel's pretty tall. But still, so. that's pretty fucking close. You matter well, six inches. Abraham Lincoln supposedly had a, a assassination attempt on him and went right through his top hat. So, oh, we all know later words and went right through his top head. <laughs> <laughs> well, not top head, bottom head, right. bottom left head. Right. But I get your point. <laughs> he got shot in the fucking head, people. Right. He lived for five days after that. No, he lived for like fucking twelve like, hours or something. No, he lived for a while. Uh, he went to the house across the oh, street. Yeah, well, and died like sixteen hours later right, or some right, shit. Right, right, right. 
But, uh, yeah, Ed Colburn wrote a letter published in the Ford County Globe on May 23rd, 1882, that he had visited with Wyatt and Warren Earp in Gunnison, Colorado. In the letter, he relayed Werps. In the letter, he relayed Earp's story about how his overcoat was hit on both sides of his body by a charge of buckshot and that his saddle horn was shot off. Right. The tombstone epitaph. Here, these guys keep popping up again. Reported on March 27th that Wyatt received seven shots through his clothes and that McMaster's clothing was shot through once, that Texas Jack's horse had been killed and the pommel of Wyatt's saddle had been shot off. I mean, they're almost correct. The epitaph... uh... The epitaph reported that Curly Bill had been killed, though they noted that the repeated denials, though they noted the repeated denials by the Cowboys, Dick Wright and Tony Craker insisted they they had seen you pronounce the Cowboys. That Craker because it's clearly Cracker. It might be Cracker. Uh, insisted that they seen the Cowboys near Drew's Ranch below contention, hmm. who had reported that they had shot the pummel of. Off Wyatt's horse. Okay, so that's, that, the epitaph is confirmed with that story so far. They got right. a source. And he had shot at them without effect. So that's also confirmed. Yeah. Wyatt told Flood that Brocious friend uh, buried Curly Bill on the Patterson Ranch near the uh, Babacamari River. Frank Patterson was a member of the Cowboy Party, and his ranch was close to the original McClory ranch site. The McClory's moved their operation to Sulphur Springs and uh, Springs... Sulphur Springs Valley in the late 1880. So. Okay, so we is, got, uh, we got is, fucking people saying, uh, right, Curly Bill's been killed, and we got a corroboration of, uh, multiple things here. Right. Well, the Patterson Ranch is believed to have originally belonged to Frank Stillwell and was located on the Babo Camara River about five miles west of Fairbank. All right. An unknown individual who was claimed to be on his way to meet the Earth Posse, possible cracker. Craker or Wright wrote the tombstone nugget on March 26th that they had seen a wagon arrive and carry Curly Bill's body away. Mm. So more confirmation. Right. Rancher Henry Hooker wrote that Wells Fargo agent John Thacker himself went to the place where Curly Bill had been buried and had the body dug up. Thacker identified Curly Bill's body and saw that it was reinterred. Well, I want to see, since it's through Wells Fargo, I want to see authenticity. Authenticity? Authenticity? Authenticity. Authenticity. But anyways, that whole thing that we just discussed is because some were denying that uh, that, uh, uh, Curly Bill was actually killed. Right. Well, now we got uh, Wells Fargo, which is a major fucking company, and a guy saying that happened. Well, we we already know that there's an undercover agent from Wells Fargo fucking riding with the Cowboys, and we know that Wyatt worked for Wells Wells Fargo. So So Johnny Barnes recovered somewhat after... Johnny Barnes recovered somewhat after the shooting, but later died of his wounds. Wells Fargo and Company undercover agent Fred Dodge, riding with the Cowboys, wrote that Barnes had told him that he had shot Virgil Earp. Oh, so Johnny Barnes was the one that shot Virgil, huh? Dodge also wrote in the 1920s that Barnes had told him that Wyatt Earp had killed Brocious. Okay, so now that's another confirmation of Wild or uh, um, right Curly Bill being killed. Right, right. Well, uh, Dodge said, "You will recollect that JB. You will recollect that JB Ayers kept the saloon in Charleston that was the headquarters for all the outlaw and rustler element. This man, Ayers, for the personal reasons that would take too long to tell, supplied me 
with reliable information. It's so he's saying it took him too long to supply him with reliable information, right? No. Right. No. This man airs for personal reasons that would take too long to tell supplied me with This re- man airs for personal reasons that would take Oh yeah, so he took too long to too, too to long. tell him reliable right. information for Through, obvious reasons. Right. Through him I got in touch with several others. Johnny Barnes, whom you will recollect, was in the fight at Iron Springs. Yep. Gave me much information, not only of that, but of many other things before he was killed. Afterwards, all that they said with reference to Curly Bill was corroborated by Ike Clanton himself. So, huh. now we gotta go back to Ike Clanton. Well, we can't because Ike Clanton was a part of it, of that shootout, but he's saying Ike Clanton fucking said right. it himself that he was killed. So. Was corroborated. Corroborated. Yeah. By Ike Clanton. Well, representing what the danger of the Cowboys uh, fucking presented to business owners and citizens on Saturday evening, March 25th, Martin R. Peel of the Tombstone Milling and Mining Company near Charleston was murdered by two masked men. Mm, I wonder who those two masked men were. They simply walked in on the mill superintendent, Peel, and mm. two other men who were just socializing. Right. Then they entered with their rifles raised, and without saying a word, the first man fired a shot into Peel's chest, killing him instantly. Right. The second man fired a shot at W.L. Austin, who ducked behind a counter and was not hit. Well, Peel, this, this poor Peel, was shot through the heart at such a close range that his clothing was set on fire. That's fucked up. No attempt at a robbery was made. The others in the room with him when he was attacked ducked. No motive could be established, and the assailants wearing scarves over their faces could not be identified. They were assisted by a third man who held their horses only a few hundred feet away. So these guys try to kill all these motherfuckers but got one and had to skirt? Basically. Everybody in town heard their shots. You only get one chance. Right. You know? Well, the crime sent uh, reverberations reverberations through Tombstone and Cochise County. Peel's father, respected Judge Brian L. Peel, said... Ah, that's why they ran away. (laughs) All right. Now we're getting it. The story comes together. Now we're getting it. Respected Judge Brian L. Peel sent an open letter to the Tombstone Epitaph. Dude, I'm hearing too many stories of the Tombstone Epitaph in this motherfucker. Stating that the citizens need to take the law into their own hands. Oh. Now they want to take the law in their own hands. Mm. But let's try to get the Wyatt. Let's try to get the Earps. Let's try to get the herbs. Well, no, the judge wasn't. They all were. No. They all were. It's clearly, uh... Bay, they all were. They were clear, it was clearly Bayhan and right. the Cowboys. Right. But still, he could have done this. The Bryant Pugh could have done this a while ago. We are... He could have done this a while ago. Yeah, but now his son's killed. Oh, now his son's killed. Right, he's got personal fucking uh, right. meaning to it now. Like he didn't know the shit that behind was doing. But we already established in the like last... Like he didn't know what behind was doing. We already established shit. in the last episode that most of two... The, the citizens of Tombstone supported Wyatt and right. the fucking Earp, so. Perhaps. He I am, said this. He said yeah. this. This is uh, Judge Brian. Judge Peel. Judge, Judge Brian L. Peel. Perhaps. I'm not in a condition to express a clear, deliberate opinion. Yeah, it's probably not. His son just got murdered, so. But I would say to At the least good, he prefaces that right. with, with that. But I would say to the good citizens of Cochise County. There's three things you have to do. Damn, this, nigga, this, this motherfucker making a list. <laughs> right. There is a class of cutthroats among you, mm. and you can never convict them into court. Oh, so he knows already. Right. You must Obviously. combine and protect yourselves and wipe them out yourself. Mm. Or you must give up the country to them. 
or you will be murdered one at a time, as my son has been. Oh, so he's saying... BL Peel. He's saying... He's saying... Basically. If you just let him... If you let the justice system go after him, it ain't gonna happen. No. You can let him take over the fucking uh, town and land and, and have you, you basically die. die. You will die. Or you could fucking kill them yourself. Get it over with. What are you gonna do? You can start uprising and fucking uh, overpower these motherfuckers. Right. Themselves. Right. Mm, interesting. Interesting. On Saturday, March 25th, the Tucson Grand Jury indicted Pete Spence, Frank Stilwell, Florentine, Florentino Cruz, Frederick Bode, and John Doe. Fries. That's fries. fries. For Morgan Earp's murder. Took him long enough. Pete Spence's trial. Oh, it's only, you, you forget, it's only like two days, man. <laughs> what we've just been describing has only been two days. It's still. Too long. That's it. Well, Too Pete long. Spence's trial began on April April second, but ended on April fifth, when the prosecution called Marietta Spence to repeat the testimony she had given. All right to the coroner's. To the coroner's inquest, the defense objected that her testimony was hearsay mm. and that as a spouse she could not testify against her husband. That's true, which is one hundred percent true even to this day. Yep. Without her testimony, the prosecution had insufficient evidence. They dropped its case against Spence and Bode, and the court dismissed the charges. Fucked up. So, uh, basically, up. everything the Judge O.B.L. Peel uh, fucking true. came true there, huh? He already knew. He was like, you guys, she's the wife of this. They, they, they're not going to well, He didn't know about that, but he's just saying either or these guys aren't fucking being convicted. Right. Well, on that very same day, the Earth Party arrived from Iron Springs to an area outside of Tombstone. They're like, fuck this shit. We're going back to Tombstone. We're going to go right outside of Tombstone. And we know a couple <laughs> people that, that support us, so we're yeah, going to meet well, them of outside of Tombstone. Of course. Including Charlie Smith and Dan Tipton. Yep. They were hoping to receive $1,000 hairs. <laughs> Dude, these motherfuckers have been searching for this $1,000. I mean, it's only been like three days, but they're still fucking hoping. To, well, now it's been like a week. Contributed but, by mining oh, owner. Oh, man, these motherfuckers. Wyatt Earp's like. Guys, any day now, this thousand dollars gonna come, and we're gonna be supplied, and we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're gonna get horse feed, we're gonna get some buckshot, and we're gonna get some food on our bellies. Right, just just wait. Right, right. well, they were hoping to receive a thousand dollars contributed by mining owner and Earp supporter E. B. Gage from Smith. But after Smith was arrested by Behan, Tony Cracker and uh, Whistling Dick Wright, Whistling Whistling Dick, Dick, Whistling Dick Wright were chosen to carry it. And they had not returned. Oh, so Whistling Dick and fucking Cracker hadn't returned, right? Right. Well, Gage had, meanwhile, learned of his mother's death and had left town for the East Coast. He was like, Mama died. I got to go. I got to go. And Wyatt's like, I understand you take care of your business there. Just where's my $1,000 here? So I got to go. He's like, I I told you. I gave it to Cracker and Dick. Right, right. He's well, like, later oh, that, that's right. right. <laughs> go, go, tend your, yeah. go tend to your family. Right. Well, later that day, are you sure you don't got $1,000 on you? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, right. He stops. before he, t- <laughs> he turns around, and Wyatt grabs him by his fucking arm. He's like, just in case. You, you just don't happen to have like $1,000 or nothing, do you? He's like, no, man. I've been riding with you for, I've been riding with you for uh, three days, man. I would have gave you, like, I would have right. paid for he's something. Like, All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> Gage had meanwhile learned of his mother's death and had yeah. left town for the East Coast. Later that day, the Earp Party rode north towards Henderson Ranch, near where they ate and fed their horses. Yep. Cochise County Deputy Sheriff Frank Hereford was at the ranch, but didn't show himself in fear of his safety. He was like, I know I'm law, but he's like, uh, they might all, kill me. This whole posse's here, right. and I'm like a... 
I'm like a county deputy. Right. Well, although the Earth Party had only the greatest respect for him. Oh, so he so, didn't know that. He could have walked down and be like, hey, what up, why? Well, he did know that, but he was still scared because he knew he fucked up. I don't think, and that, I think the Earp, but I think Earps knew this motherfucker guy had to. I think I think the Earps knew this guy had. No, this guy fucked up. He allowed it all to happen. Well, I mean, he's just a, he's just a deputy, man. Right, he couldn't do anything he's about just a it. Deputy, that he feared for his life. But Earps were like, they're smart enough to know. On March 25th, Sheriff Bayhan formed a posse that included known criminals, including Johnny Ringo, Phineas Clanton, and Johnny. So here Barnes. we go again with Bayhan fucking. Result this time. Oh my god! The twenty-five man posse left Tombstone Whoa. and searched east of searched east of town for the Earp posse. For it's like a while. these guys are going around in circles within fifty miles of Tombstone. Well, they searched for a while east of Tombstone before turning back for the night. But at around six thirty a.m. the next day, Bayhan led a fifteen man posse from Tombstone headed for the Dragoon Mountains, and they returned that night. So they set out two days of fucking right. expeditions, didn't find right. shit. Well, the Earp Posse camped Sunday night, March 26th, a mile north of Henderson Ranch and left at 7 a.m. the next day for the Sierra Bonita Ranch of Henry C. Hooker, who was a wealthy and prominent rancher. All right, so these guys are basically paying uh, a possum with all these fuckers. Um, They're just avoiding them at every fucking turn. Right. On April 5th, the Tombstone Epitaph uh, printed a letter. This, uh, right. uh, we're changing this fucking episode name from fucking the Earp Bandetta ride to stories from the Tombstone Epitaph. Because, because that's what it's fucking been the whole fucking right. time. Right. Well, anyway, they printed the a letter from fuck. an unknown member of the Earp Party that recited some of the group's actions. After okay, so, okay, so now we just established that the Tombstone Epitaph is legit. Right. Because we have anonymous Earp. Werp. <laughs> Why is that Werp? Right. Now we have anonymous Erp fucking posse members well, literally thinking, sending them letters. Well, I'm thinking Wyatt. Shit. I'm thinking Wyatt knew somebody in the fucking. I'm thinking Wyatt did it himself. Well, I'm thinking Wyatt was telling these guys. Yes. No, I'm thinking Wyatt. That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking Wyatt that. is the unknown fucking right. source. He's like. He wanted to let these guys know this is what's really going on. This is on. what's happening. I and mean, we're doing some fucked up shit because we have to. I mean, they're not really, are they? Are they, they're though? definitely breaking the law. Are they, though? Yeah, they are. Uh, why? He's a fucking federal marshal. Well, he's abusing his powers. Is he? Yeah. He I don't is. recall him ever getting indicted for uh, abusing his powers. Well, he not was. by the federal level. You Anyways, not right. by the federal level. No, that's why he was saying this. They're accusing me of abusing my powers. Either or, Wyatt's definitely the one fucking giving the information to the old... Or uh, he's allowing somebody epitaph. to give the information. Either or, it's from him. Either or. Right. Either or. Right. Well, anyway, the Tombstone Epitaph uh, printed a letter from an unknown member of the Earth Party that recited some of the group's actions after leaving Tombstone and revealed that they were still in the area. They're they like, hey, left. motherfuckers, we're left. still riding around. We never left. <laughs> the writer um, said, like, <laughs> um, Tombstone Epitaph? Um, tombstone? <laughs> that orange street? You, you want an orange? <laughs> we're, 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 still, we're still around in the area. What do you want now, you Tombstone Epitaph? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want, Wyatt? Uh, the writer said that Wyatt, the Wyatt posse left Tombstone on the evening of the 25th of March and camped six miles north of town. The next day, they headed for Dragoon Summit Station, where they awaited the train and a messenger. And a messenger. Uh, they stopped the eastbound train at so one. So these motherfuckers, not even at a train station. Right. They stopped the train. They stop a train and says, right. hey, right. hey, hey. Let me on. <laughs> uh, I got to search for things. Let, let us on. We found nothing. <laughs> well, they searched the train at about 1 p.m. and found nothing. 
it is not known what they were hoping to find. Hmm, I'm guessing some weapons or uh, ammo or probably $1,000. Exactly. <laughs> I was getting to that. <laughs> when they arrived at Hooker's Ranch, he congratulated Earp on the killing Curly Bill Brochus. He fed the men in their mounts. When Bayhan's posse was spotted in the distance, Hooker suggested Wyatt make a stand there. All right. But Wyatt moved into the hills about three miles distant near Ry- well, Riley want, Hill. He didn't want to put Hooker's Ranch at risk, right? I can't do that. Well, they that. were in the distance. Well, still, I can't do that. Well, when Sheriff Bayhan and his posse arrived at the Sierra Bonita Ranch on Tuesday morning, March 28th, at 7 a.m., Hooker refused to provide Bayhan any information and damn the officers and the law they represented. Like, damn you, you representations what and kind your of, law. Damn your representation of the law. Right. You know you were a crook. And a and a coward. It's probably right. close to what he said. Most I, likely, I, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. Right. Well, upon payment, he provided Bayhan's posse and horses. Right, he, he with got food that and money water. though. He's like, hey, I'll, I'll still like, put you up. I'll feed right. your horses. I'll give you a breakfast. That's it. But he would not supply them with fresh horses. Ooh. He goes, I will water and feed your horses, but you're gonna take those as they are. They still gonna be tired. Right. Bayhan and uh, <laughs> Bayhan and the under sheriff Woods sought the assistance of Indian scouts under the command of Colonel Biddle at Fort Grant, but was unsuccessful. Fort Grant was like, Mm-mm. Like, Wyatt Earp? Did you, no. did you say, wait, 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 wait. Wyatt Earp? You said, you're, you said, you said, you're, you said you're hunting after Wyatt Earp? The and U.S. Like, the U.S. Like, Marshal Wyatt Earp? He's like, yeah. Yes, yes sir. I'm like, <laughs> they all laughed at him. He was like, well, we'll give you $500 in reward for assistance. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Hey, boys, he said he'd give us $500 to give up a wide and his water, boys. Wider, 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 and his boys. And the boys. And the whole crowd was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. And he walked ah, out. And then they heard and a bunch he wa- of, and then he walked out with, right. with his fucking head, head fucking looking to the dirt. He was like, well, damn. Damn. But I'm a sheriff, damn it. Damn. Well, they rejoined the main <laughs> remainder of the posse who had lost the Herbs Posse Trail oh. and went to Eureka Springs. Former Pima County Sheriff Bob Paul, who had been in Tombstone at the time and volunteered to ride with the Behan Posse, wrote a letter to the Tucson citizen on the 3rd of March in 1898. These motherfuckers were just giving away information. Right. Like, fucking just writing to fucking uh, all these newspapers right. and shit. Well, he wrote a letter in response to an earlier story he said was full of errors. Oh, he was like, now, I, he, now he's fact-checking and shit. He said the Herbs. <laughs> Posse had told Hooker had t- at uh, the o- had told Hooker to tell Behan that his posse uh, 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 <laughs> he said that the Earth Posse had told Hooker to tell Behan and his posse where they were camped. Hooker told Behan where the Earps were camped, but the posse left in the opposite direction. The Nugget reported that the Behan Posse did not. I repeat, did, did not, not return until a Friday. Until a Friday. Early that same morning, Dan Tipton arrived in Wilcox on the morning train, rented a horse, and started north, presumably, presumably, towards the Earps location and carrying the thousand dollars. Hey, the fucking thousand dollars finally got time. fucking delivered. Uh, the Nugget reported that Tipton left on the five o'clock stage to catch up with the party near the Hooker's Ranch. Near Hooker's Ranch, not the Hooker's Ranch. Hmm. Uh, the Earp Posse also received some money from Lewis Cooley, a stage driver and an employee of Wells Fargo, who gave funds from the Express Company. All right. On April 15th, Cooley traveled to Contention and Benson on business for Wells Fargo, where he met General Superintendent J.J. Valentine. Mm. 
When he arrived in Wilcox to complete his business, Bayhan was there to arrest him. Right. Oh, ain't that some shit, huh? Damn. Well, Bayhan's arrest. Well, Bayhan's a warrant accused Cooley of aiding and abetting the Arps. Wow. Like, sorry, Cooley, but you're under arrest. He's like, for what, Bayhan? You got nothing against me. He's like, well, aiding and abetting the Arps. He's like, fuck. Right. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Where's that thousand dollars? <laughs> I gave it to Arps. The Tombstone Epitaph was right there alongside. <laughs> oh, of course they were. The Tombstone Epitaph labeled the charges. Yeah, the motherfucking uh, Tombstone. The Tombstone Epitaph is the fucking TMZ of Tombstone. Right. right. <laughs> well, they labeled charges as frivolous and said that lawsuit would be filed oh, against so they're Bayhan. actually, uh, they're actually defending fucking, uh. Right. right. They're like, well, this is, Bayhan, huh? well, this is bogus and the lawsuits will actually be filed against Bayhan. This is frivolous. Right. Judge Wells Spicer dismissed the charges oh. while the location of the federal policy led by Wyatt Earp was well known to most members of the public. Oh, Bayhan's posse. How'd the whole fucking public know where Wyatt Earp was, but Bayhan's like, we don't know. <laughs> Bayhan is Seattle's mayor. <laughs> I don't know that the <laughs> seven blocks are getting taken over in my city. <laughs> Not even the mayor is the old governor of the state don't even know. Well. Right. Whatever, you know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> right. Well, while the location of the federal posse led by Wyatt Earp was yep. well known to most of the members of the public, Bayhan's posse <laughs> never, never, ever, ever caught up with them for their vain effort to find and arrest Wyatt Earp and the other and the other four charged in Stillwell's murder. Bayhan's twenty-five man posse was paid twenty Damn. was paid five dollars per day. Damn, so plus, twenty-five times five plus three dollars per day for a horse. Twenty-five times that's one hundred twenty-five dollars a day plus three dollars times. 25. For, for the 10 days that they were on the trail. Right. The total bill to the county taxpayers was $2,070.70. Which is equivalent to about 12 or 13 grand nowadays. So. Which was nothing, really, to go fucking try to arrest one of the biggest fucking people in American history. This is a picture of this Wyatt. Is, this supposedly a picture, picture of Wyatt Earp in Dodge, Dodge City. Dodge City in June of 1883. Fifteen months after the vendetta ride. Right. Fifteen months. That was a year and fucking year and a couple months. Year you know, and three year months. Year and three months. <laughs> <laughs> On April third, the tombstone epitaph. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Same old shit, dog. The tombstone well at least there's a verified though. Same old same old news, just a different day. Same old epitaph. Just, <laughs> just a, a different day. Just a different day. <laughs> Here we uh, go again. Tombstone Tombstone's epi- going to do what? Epitaph reported that the Earp Posse had eaten breakfast in town on March 27th and had spotted, and was spotted six days later on April 12th, or 2nd, 20 miles north of Hooker's Ranch. And right, so that, they weren't going nowhere. I mean, like, they're they there. They were just chilling. Right. Uh, and that the Albuquerque Journal and San Francisco Daily Report both reported on March 28th that the Earp party had already passed through Albuquerque. All right. It also noted that Virgil Earp and his wife were in Los Angeles that week. They're already <laughs> gone. They already scooted. But yeah, fucking Virgil and his wife were living it up in L.A. and shit. Fucking yeah, that was already. Yeah. Oh no. The newspaper commented, "This is the wisest course they could pursue." Right. Their lives were not safe for a moment in Tombstone, even if they gave themselves up to the authorities. For the sheriff is inimical to them. And they felt that in his hands they would be entirely at the mercy of the Cowboys. Right, which is which facts. Is, which is 1,000% true. Right, but on April 5th, a member of the Earp Party told the Tombstone Epitaph that they were still in the Arizona Territory. Ooh. 
This anonymous member of the party reported that the, uh, reported that from Hooker's course. Ranch that they rode five miles north to Eureka Springs where they camped for the night. They spotted the Behan Posse from that location but avoided drawing their attention. Mm-hmm. They stayed near Cottonwood the next night, possibly a mill site near the southwest end of the Whetstone Mountains, mm-hmm. from which they picked up the trail of the fugitive Frank Jackson. Uh-oh. The Tombstone Epitaph reported that he was wanted on a $2,000 hair, hair reward. The Earp Posse arrested Jackson on April 4th and turned him over to Detective Jack Duncan. So, so they just made them a cool 2500 bucks from turning into a, yeah. turning in a few. And then you deal. got Wyatt still begging for his $1,000. hairs. <laughs> he already had it then. Oh, okay. So, so he got, got 1000 in and he got 3500 bucks. Good luck for Good him. Good for him. On April 12th, 1882, the Weekly Nugget reported that Wyatt and his fellow fugitives were camped in a canyon near the Sierra Bonita Ranch. Wyatt was quoted as publicly challenged Cochise County County's Sheriff Bayhan to come find him there. You know where I'm at. Come get me. Exactly. Sometime from April 10th to April 14th, the group headed out east out of Arizona. They stopped at Camp Grant before they left the Arizona Territory, and Wyatt signed some property over to his sister. Right. Colonel James Biddle told the Earps that warrants had been an, been issued for their arrest, and he would have to hold them. He invited them in for a meal. When they finished the meal, they found fresh horses ready for them to continue their ride east. So, so <laughs> fucking that dude was like, hey, come in for a meal. And by the time you're done, you got horses and get the fuck up out of here. Because right. Sheriff, Sheriff Mayhan is a piece of fucking dog shit. Right. Well. Basically. Well, they rode east again the next day. And on the 15th of April in 1882, stopped in Silver City, New Mexico. It was also the New Mexico Territory at this time. They spent one night in the home of a friend, and the next day sold their horses and saddles before taking a stage to Deming. They weren't really even their horses. <laughs> right. They're like, I know. So they're <laughs> like, what the fuck? They just sold their shit. I guess they left their horses, they, so I guess they were. They, it's like an even trade. And they probably sold them for a fair amount of money. Yeah. From there, they took the train to Albuquerque, where they remained for two weeks to avoid drawing undue attention from their enemies. The Earps visited offices of the two newspapers and persuaded them not to write any stories about their presence. What do you think uh, persuades means? <laughs> well, I will put a bullet through your motherfucking eye. If you basically, they're like, if here. you know what's good for you, and they're like, we know who you are. We, we know what's good for us. We know. Well, Wyatt and Holiday. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Is Doc with you? Yes. All right. We will keep him out shut. And then they're like, <laughs> we're your Huckleberry. Yeah. Uh, Wyatt and Holiday, who had been fast friends since Holiday saved Earp's life in Dodge City during 19, or 1878, had a serious disagreement and parted ways in Albuquerque. Ooh. Well, according to a letter, you guys can hear the full, the fuller story well, I'm thinking, on... Uh, well, I'm thinking Doc was like... You guys can hear the fuller story on the Doc Holiday episode that if we If I remember did. correctly, Doc's like, I'm dying... You guys can hear that. Go check out the Doc Holiday episode of Outlaws and Gunslingers that we did a couple shit. months ago. But uh, according to a letter written by former New Mexico Territory Governor Miguel Otero, Wyatt and Al Holiday were eating at the Retreat Restaurant in Albuquerque owned by Fat Charlie when Holiday said something about Earp becoming a damn Jew boy. Earp became angry and left. Henry Jaffa told me later that Earp's woman was a Jewess. Earp did Mizua. And when entering the house, I guess that's some kind of ritual you do before entering a yeah. a Jewish house, huh? I mean, it's possible. Well, we're, well, about, Wyatt, to, we're about to find out. Right. Well, Wyatt was staying with a prominent businessman, Henry N. Jaffa. 
who was also president of New Albuquerque's Board of Trade. Jaffa was also Jewish, uh, and based on the letter Erp had while staying in Jaffa's home, honored Jewish tradition by performing the Mezuzah upon entering his home. I mean, it's common respect. I mean, and you respect this guy's offering right. you a bed, and like, right. I mean, come on. According to Artero's letter, Jaffa told him that Erp's woman was a Jewess. Erp's anger at holidays, religious a slur. Jewess. <laughs> that's how they. That's how they looked at Jew women. Yeah, she's Jewess. a Jewess. Jewess. I mean, okay, so it makes sense. So Erp's anger at holidays, religious slur, may indicate that the relationship between Josephine uh, Marcus and Wyatt Earp was more serious at the time than is commonly Ooh, known. Even though he had his common law wife Maddie, we already know that he was fucking around. That so that, I was that, like, that was the whole reason. So Wyatt was that like, was the whole reason that. Uh, so Wyatt was like, that listen fucking, here, Doc. Uh, Bayhan was mad at Wyatt in the first place because he took the fucking right. Jewess right. from him. And then Wyatt was like, listen here, Doc. I love you. You're my brother. We've been through a lot together. But now you're, you're acting like a damn Jew fucking uh, Jew, Jew boy. You're acting like, like those a damn idiots. Jew boy. You're acting like those idiots that we're fighting against. <laughs> now I'm going to let you go off on your way. But I won't see your face again. I don't want to see and your Doc face was like, no more. And He's Doc like, Holiday. so Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from me. And Doc was like, all right, all right, Wyatt. He's like, I will do. He's like, you saved my life, so I'm going to spare yours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Wyatt. All right. Well, the group split up. Uh, They were leaving the uncertain justice of the American frontier for the more defined justice of the federal and state court system. Oh. On about April 29, 1882, Wyatt Earp and his brother Warren, McCaster, Johnson, and Vermillion took the train to Trinidad and then to Gunnison, Colorado, where they set up camp in the outskirts of town. All right. Well, they rarely went into town at first except for supplies. Eventually, Wyatt's like, fuck this, I'm taking over the feral card game at the local saloon. <laughs> Uh, yep. Holiday and Dan Tipton headed to Pueblo and then to Denver. The split didn't last long. Less than two weeks later, Holiday was arrested on the Arizona warrant for killing Frank Stillwell. I mean, he, I mean, what, I mean, as bad as Doc Holiday was, the man was dying and he was too worried about gambling and drinking. Where he had nobody to watch his back, yeah. and he was fucked. Well, Wyatt intervened on Holiday's behalf and persuaded Bat Matcherson to fabricate bunko charges against Holiday. He was like, dude, just give him some make up some shit. Drunken in public or some shit. Right. Let him go. Masterson then persuaded Colorado Governor Pitkin to refuse to honor Arizona's extradition request. Uh, they're like, I ain't giving up, Doc. Right. Well, afterwards, Holiday and Wyatt met again in June 1882 in Gunnison. And then again, lastly, Holiday was able to see his old friend Wyatt in the late winter of 1886, where they met in the lobby of the Windsor Hotel. Sadie Marcus described the skeletal Holiday as having a continuous cough and standing on unsteady legs. So Holiday was on his deathbed, basically. Basically dying. Dying. Which you can hear the whole story in our episode all about Doc Holiday. Look back for... Uh from right. other episodes of Outlaws and Gunslingers. Meanwhile, in Tombstone, rumors flew about the activities of the Earp Party. The Tombstone Nugget also printed a story on May 13, 1892, reporting that a rumor that Wyatt had been killed, and it was probably true. Wow. Um, 
Okay, so this is not the epitaph. This is the nugget. So right. the nugget is like the National Enquirer of the fucking Tombstone Town so right. far. Aliens right. spotted in Nevada right. or some Bat shit. Boy. Right. Bat Boy. Bat Boy. <laughs> they cited that a citizen had seen Wyatt at Henry Hooker's Sierra Bonita Ranch in Arizona during the previous week. And that Wyatt had been killed there, presumably by parties who had been following him since he left his place. So, no fucking evidence, and they just reported it. Presumably. 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 On uh, right. the same day, Los Angeles Herald and Albuquerque Evening Review ran the Tombstone Nuggets story. Oh, no. So that's like that's like CNN reporting something, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, uh, fucking everybody else reports the same fucking thing. Ain't that Well, Wyatt Earp first wrote down the story about the shootout at the Iron Springs more than 11 years after the incident. Wyatt, told, Wyatt Earp told varied accounts of the shootout at the Springs a number of times during his life. Details varied between the different accounts, like getting his saddle pommeled shot off, pulling up his loose cartridge belt, exactly when he helped. Yeah, exactly when he helped Texas Jack Vermillion out of underneath his horse. The distance at which they initially encountered the Cowboys, and how far Earp dismounted from Curly Bill. Before his death in 1887, Doc Holliday left his account of the gunfight in which he credited Wyatt as an individual responsible for shooting Curly Bill and another cowboy. Mm. So basically, what that paragraph just said is uh, Wyatt has provided kind of differing accounts throughout his years of telling the story. Right. But it's also noted that Doc um, attributed the death to Curly Bill and, to Wyatt. And, and Doc so. didn't lie. Right. Well, Bayhands, uh, not not nobody ever questioned that Wyatt killed um, Curly Bill, but Wyatt's putting a lot of more uh, emphasis on it. A lot of more uh, trying to make him thing, seem things in favor of himself right. in that story. Right. Well, while while Bayhands sought to arrest the Earps, his reputation among some citizens was very negative. On the May twenty seventh, eighteen eighty two, a strong Democrat, quote unquote, was quoted. In a letter in the Yuma, Arizona, the Arizona Sentinel, describing the events following the quote-unquote murder of the noted desperado Frank Stilwell. Mm. Readers may want to know, quote-unquote, <laughs> how these so-called Republican outlaws wow, are regarded by decent law-abiding people in Tombstone regardless of politics. The writer was of the opinion that Sheriff Bayhan wanted the requisition from Governor Fremont with the object was to have them assassinated. Neither the sheriff nor any of his deputies have ever turned in a, turned a hand to find the mar- murderers right. of Morgan Earp. Right. There is no hope for any honest man to get justice here against these scoundrels as long as Bayhan is in office. Exactly. So what they're saying is... Bayhan's a piece of shit. Right. And no one's ever going to know who killed Morgan Earp or no one's ever no, going to try ever to find... Gonna, nobody's ever going to get true justice right. as long as Bayhan is in fucking right. charge. Of any murder. Exactly. And we're just using Morgan Earp as an example. We'll never know who or why or what Well, as long as Pan is in office. Well, we know who, why, and what, but they'll never be brought to justice for who, why, and what. Exactly. On May 29, 1882, Colorado Governor Pitkin finally refused to honor Arizona's extradition request, allowing Earp and the others to leave the state. Right. Mm. Wyatt and his posse weren't able to apprehend or kill the remaining suspects. Hank Swilling was last known when he was questioned in August 1878 about robbing the U.S. mail. Frederick Bode was last listed in the 1880 U.S. Census in Charleston, Pima County. Hmm. Johnny Ringo was found dead on July 14, 1882 in West Turkey Creek Valley near Chickawawa, Chiricawa Peak with a bullet hole in his right temple. 
the coroner's jury ruled his death as a suicide. Mm. I uh, just want to point out that that um, is strongly attested that uh, Doc Holliday and uh, Wyatt Earp secretly met up. Yep, and they moited John And Ringo. they murdered him. Right. Ike Clanton was wanted for cattle rustling when he resisted arrest on the 1st of June in 1887. He attempted to draw his rifle on Detective Jonas V. Brighton, who shot Clanton through the heart. Sam, so all this time, Ike Clanton... All this time. It was the one that caused all of this. All this time. The the whole thing, Ike Clanton escalated and all that shit from the OK Corral and all that shit. All and this time. guy And this guy ends up getting fucking killed on right. a totally different incident. Right. I mean, it happens. Phineas Clanton was convicted of grand larceny for cattle rustling in 1887 and served 17 months of a 10-year jail sentence in the Yuma Territorial Prison. He later died in 1906. Pete Spence was convicted of manslaughter in 1883 and served 18 months of a five-year sentence in the Yuma Territory Prison. He married his friend Phineas Clinton's widow in 1910 and huh. died in 1914. Yeah, he's like, hey, my friend's Phineas. She's like, oh, that was my husband. Oh, like, you want to get married? Sure. Why not? You got a thousand dollars? I yeah. sure do. <laughs> On March 20th, 2005. The 122nd anniversary of the killing of Frank Stilwell, a life-size statue of Holiday and Earp by the sculptor Dan Bates was dedicated. Wait a minute. Was dedicated by the Southern Arizona Transportation Museum at the restored historic railroad right. depot in Tucson. Right there at the fucking railroad. Uh, at the site of the shooting. Right at the um, site. So Frank Stilwell gets fucking shot uh, eight times or whatever by five different guns. But Earp and Holiday are the ones that get a fucking well, statue or erected. You you see why here in Tucson? Well, why Earp later claimed that Doc and I were the only ones in Tucson at the time Frank Stillwell was killed. That's not my point. The guy that got killed gets at the site of his killing gets uh, statues of his murderers <laughs> erected where he was killed. Now that now that's just well, a, if they were going to do statues of murderers, they'd do a statue of a guy laying on the ground too. <laughs> you would think, right? <laughs> Like, this is where, now, right there is Frank Stilwell, right. where he lie with and eight bullet, bullet holes right through his body. And those, shot. And those two guys over there, uh, Wyatt Earp <laughs> They're the ones that killed him. Doc Holliday. Well, They're long. Giving, uh, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday are giving the two sweet signs. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking guns. <laughs> and Frank Stilwell's just. Oh, there was thousand dollars Long after the gunfire, that thousand dollars, that thousand dollars continued to fucking avoid Wyatt and his posse for the longest. Long after the gunfight, Johnny Behan continued to spread rumors about the art. Oh man, why did they? I Johnny Behan is like the fucking uh, right. uh, the villain of this fucking story right. that I just wish would get a bullet right in his head. Dude. Right. Well, on the 7th of December in 1897, he was quoted in a story in the Washington Post. Now we got the Washington Post the Washington up in this Post. bitch. It reprinted by the San Francisco Call, describing the Earp's law-breaking behavior in Tombstone. After referring to the highly controversial Fitzsimmons Sharkey fight over which Wyatt Earp was a referee, the article quoted Behan. The Clanton brothers and the McClowries were a tough, were a tough lot of rustlers who were the main perpetrators of the rascally rife in that region. Between them and the Earps rose a bitter feud over the division of proceeds of the looting. The Earps wanted that thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a thousand dollars with uh, no questions asked. The Earps boys believed they failed to get a fair divide over the booty. Yeah, they they wanted a fair divide right. of the booty, man. They wanted a fair divide of the booty and swore vengeance. 
They caught their former allies in Tombstone unarmed and shot three of them dead while their hands wait, were Wait, 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 wait. So Bayan's alleging that the Earps were allies with the fucking, uh, uh, the McLowry's. Right. Which was never the case. Mm. Right. And they shot him unarmed with their hands up, saying, I give, I give. Mm. Well, they caught their former allies in Tombstone unarmed and shot three of them dead while their hands were uplifted, Behan went on to say. They were hauled up before a justice of the peace. Warrants were issued for their arrest and summoning a posse. I went out to bring the Earps in. They were chased entirely out of the country and Tombstone knew them no more. Well, that's wrong. They weren't. Because the Tombstone epithet said that the Earps never left the area. Well, they did after well, a time, but clearly we know what fucking uh, this guy says is not true. Well, they never left the area, which uh, uh, but behind he says the he, sand. But he says they're always around But he Tombstone. says he chased them entirely out of the country. Right, it never happened. The country. Well, that never happened. <laughs> exactly. The country. Yeah, that never happened. Yeah, so this guy's full of shit. Right. Wyatt's action in taking justice into his own own hands became one of the most well-known examples of American frontier justice in American history. All right. Wyatt Earp became the archetypal image of a real-life anti-hero. You know what archetypal means? Yes. Yes. In 1927, Earp defended his decisions before the gunfight at the OK Corral and afterwards to Stuart Lake, author of the 1931. Which, it, if you guys don't know what it means, it means fiction, which Wyatt Earp is not fiction or a mythical. Wyatt Earp is not mythical. But I guess Wyatt Earp is mythical because the shit he went through is like a, what a mythical guy would do. Archetypal means just like. Mythical is like. It's basically like a stereotype. Yeah, mythical. It's just, this is what. Mythical. We, right, 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 right. Well, Earp defended his decisions before the gunfight at the O.K. Corral and afterward to Stuart Lake, who was the author of the 1931 largely fictionalized biography, Why Earp Frontier Marshal. Hmm. For my handling of the situation at Tombstone, I have no regrets. Right. Were it to be done over again, I would do exactly as I did that time. Mm-hmm. If the outlaws and their friends and allies imagined that they could intimidate or exterminate the Earps by a process of murder Mm-mm. and then hid behind alibis and the technicalities of the law, they simply missed their guess. They did. They I want fucking to call it. your particular attention again to one fact. One fact and one fact only. Which writers of Tombstone incidents in history apparently have overlooked. They did. Tombstone epitaph. With the deaths of the McLowrys, the Clantons, mm. Stillwell, Florentino Cruz, Curly Bill, and the rest, organized politically protected crime and depredations in the Cochise County Seas. Mm. There were some strong words. True words. By a man of integrity. Integrity. Intensity. Intensity. Intelligence. Intelligence. <laughs> At the three eyes. The three eyes, baby. Yes. Wide Earp, boys. That's a perfect place to leave it on this episode, episode three. Um, we got one more coming for you guys. We do have another one coming to you. This and, is fantastic. I wish there was like <laughs> ten of these. And honestly, guys, the fourth episode will be all Can we about- do Marty McFly next? <laughs> Marty McFly? Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, fictional series or something. <laughs> but uh, the next episode, all about Wyatt Earp's aftermath of- uh, Clint Eastwood. That's this. Been. It was Clint Eastwood. He was Clint Eastwood. I get it. But, yeah, after this happens and um, Wyatt Earp's later years and eventually his death, and there's some interesting I'm, I'm curious. Shit. I'm curious to see there's, what happens after there's, this. There's more controversial shit that happens in Wyatt Earp's life 
that's going to happen oh, in episode four. For oh now, this my. is episode three. If you want to go check out the uh, rest of the series, episode one, one all about from uh, Wyatt when he was young all the way up to his time in Tombstone leading up to the OK The Corral. most famous time. If you guys are looking for something about Wyatt Earp and his most famous, episode two is your go-to because episode two it is Tombstone, OK Corral. Part two, yes. All that good shit. So if you guys want to see that. OK Corral shooting, all what that. led up to it, the... The, the investigation into the shooting, right. all that good stuff. Right. Who shot who? Who, who shot, shot who, when? Who did what? And then the uh, aftermath leading up to the Earth right. Dead Vendetta ride, which you just right. heard right. today. And any other shows you want to check out, Monday Night Watch Along, Debate 8, and This Week in Cla- Classic Rock History, all available on com For the Bang Day Network, we are the Mouth of Michiganders with Bang Day! Bang Day!